Welcome back to yet another volume of disturbing tales taken from Reddit. For today's episode, we're going to narrate three new stories from the platform. Sit back with your snacks and prepare to enjoy. If you're taking part in our 100th episode giveaway, remember that your entry is not complete after posting a single comment. If you need to refresh your memory on how to win our prize, please be sure to check out the rules stated in our volume 100 video. Find the link on screen now. I wish the best of luck to each viewer that takes the time to support the channel, and it'll be my honor to gift this prize when the time comes. Until then, let's jump into these unsettling stories. When I was in high school, I had a strange encounter riding my bike home from work. When I was a senior, I worked at a Target store from about 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., four to five nights a week. After helping close the store, zero out the registers, and other final closing tasks, my coworkers and I were usually out of the building and on our ways home before about 10.30. The store was not too far from a bike path that also went close to my home. It took me maybe 15 to 20 minutes to ride my bike home from work, down that bike path, in a large subdivision. At about the midway point home, there was a section of the bike trail that went through an undeveloped field and was very poorly lit. I remember slowing down to change the radio station on my CD Walkman slash radio. Yeah, I know I'm dating myself here. When suddenly, I see a dark figure about a hundred feet away on my right hand side, begin running at me from the dark field. While I saw no features on this dark mass, it was obvious that they were the size of a large human being, and they were barreling down on me, quickly. Fight or flight instantly kicked in, and I started riding my 18-speed mountain bike so fast, I felt like I could have qualified for the Tour de France. As I was escaping, I took a quick peek behind, and saw that it was a man in black, attempting to chase me for more than a few moments. As I put more and more distance between me and this man, I saw him halt his sprint and retreat silently back into the field. Needless to say, what would normally be a 15 to 20 minute bike ride turned into a five minute top speed and top gear bike ride home. I obviously didn't sleep very well that night and I still occasionally think about that encounter in my darker moments. The two main questions that fill my mind are, what did they want? And what would they have done had they caught me? I'm glad to not find out the answer to either one of those in this lifetime. My mom was born and raised in the high country of East Central Montana. Much of the area that she grew up in was flat grassland that stretched on for miles and miles. The only other accompanying feature would be a farmer's fence with barbed wire between the slats. She came from ranching people, and her father, my grandfather, was a genuine cowboy. She often did work around the ranch with him, so not much shakes her to her soul, except for what happened when she had to run into town when I was only eight months old. So you know, this story occurred in the middle of a sunny summer day. 
The ranch that she was raised on was nearly two hours away from the nearest town. To get there, you had to drive north on a highway for 30 minutes, then you had to drive on a dirt road for another 45 across the Montana high country. I'm emphasizing this because it not only shows how far into nowhere she lived at the time, but it plays into why this story becomes so disturbing. My mom had to run into town to get groceries and baby supplies for me. She was driving on the long and isolated dirt road back to the ranch when she reaches into her purse on the passenger seat to get something. It slips out of her hand and falls into the passenger footwell. Fair enough. She then has to stop the car so she can safely retrieve what she dropped. She grabs it, and as soon as she sits back up, she looks in the rearview mirror and sees a man about a hundred feet behind the car, running directly for her. Needless to say, she puts the car back into gear and gets the hell out of there. As she's looking back at me in the car seat, making sure that I'm okay, she sees the guy give up running after her and run back into the ditch to hide. Of course, when she gets home, she tells her mom and dad, my grandparents, about what had happened, and they're all stunned. Here's where it gets disturbing, at least psychologically. My mom didn't see any cars or trucks parked along that dirt road for the entire way back to the ranch. She also didn't see any people walking along the highway or the dirt road, which only raises more questions. How did he get out there? Why was he out there? And even more, what would he have done to my mom or an eight-month-old me? The more I thought about it, the more disturbing it became. That's a direct quote from my mother. I've only asked her about this story twice. After the second time, she tells me to never ask her about it again. And I completely get why. I get messed up thinking about it myself. I can only imagine how she felt, having directly experienced it. So again, this occurred way out in the middle of nowhere. It's wide open, flat grassland with low rolling hills. The only traces of human activity you'll find out there are the fence posts, maybe a windmill. I'm emphasizing this because some people might ask why my mom just didn't call the police. To that, I say, what police? There are police in the small town where she got her groceries, but out where she was? Good luck. This is the main reason why people who live out there carry firearms. If something happens out there, you might have to deal with it in the moment. I'll let you read into that however you may. Second, some people might point out that there's an interesting coincidence that my mom happened to stop her car near where the guy was hiding. Again, coincidences happen and weird things happen out in the middle of nowhere. But who knows why that guy was out there in the first place. Rural Montana is not a place where you go casually to hang out, unless you actually live out there. Know someone who lives out there? or have some business with someone out there, you shouldn't be going there for any reason. On top of how she didn't see anyone walking on the highway or the dirt road, didn't see any vehicles parked along the side of the road, any person who made it out that far on foot for some reason is probably not anyone you should be interacting with. My mom was a petite 19-year-old woman with her eight-month-old infant in the back seat when this all happened. At best, I highly doubt she could have been any help to him if he needed assistance. At worst, 
well, that's another story. We'll never really know why this guy was out there. And frankly, I don't think we ever want to. This happened around six years ago. My family owns a flower and produce shop, and we travel to farmer's markets sometimes. Most of the family are not well enough to pick the garden or do heavy loading, so we often have to hire people for the summers. My uncle hired this guy, who we'll call Kevin. Kevin was in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, and down on his luck. He was going through a divorce and needed some extra income. He was very nice, almost too nice. He was actually camping on our land because his ex-wife-to-be was to have their house. At this time, I was 16 or 17 years old. Well, one day, we were working the farm. During a break, he tracked me down in the office, where no one else happened to be at that time. He gave me his card with his personal number on it, if I ever wanted to hang out. He was very insistent that we should do it that day after work, actually, and kept nagging me and nagging me for my phone number. I was immediately creeped out by this, politely told him we would see, just to get him away from me. I want to clarify right now that he knew I was underage. I immediately told my mom, who kind of brushed it off, but he gave me off vibes, that sort of feeling like, "Mm, you're okay to be around when other people are there, but I definitely don't want to be alone with you. A few days after this, he no-called, no-showed to work. We called a few times, went by his camper but there was no sign of him anywhere. After no contact whatsoever, we read in the newspaper a day or two later that he had crashed his ex-wife's birthday celebration and tried to unalive her with his own hands. She drove to the nearest police station and he gave chase, actually crashing into parked police cars in his haste. Fast forward to this day, he's still in prison And I'm still glad that I didn't have to hang out with him. Listen to your gut, everybody. It won't lead you astray.